If you're a client of mine or have listened to any of my podcast episodes related to sales, you'll know that I don't like a pushy or hard sales style. In fact, last season, I talked about how I take the word convince out of my definition of sales. For me, it isn't about changing someone's mind. It's about helping them make the right decision for them. So in this episode, I'll be leaning into this concept and sharing some ways you can boost your sales without creating more content. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. Before I share my ideas, I want to make a point that putting high quality content out there is important. Without it, we can't establish a digital presence and it's hard to build an audience to make sales all year round. When I talk about content though, I don't just mean social media content. I have clients who really dislike social media, so we create alternative marketing strategies. Think of content as messaging and all the different ways you can communicate your messages. So content could be a form that you ask prospective clients to complete before booking a call with you. It could be a blog post, website copy, podcast episodes, video content, any place that communicates your message, your values and creates a connection with your clients. But when we think specifically about content marketing, like social media, email marketing and so on, it's easy to get stuck on a content treadmill and feel like you're just posting content for the sake of it. If you want more on how to make that strategic, then scroll through some past episodes. I have ones about content marketing. And if you're a masterminder, revisit the past training about writing content that converts and creating a content repurposing plan. I'm referring you to past episodes and training because making content sell for you isn't what I want to talk about today. Today, I want to talk about how to make sales and boost your visibility without constantly creating new content. To clarify, this isn't about making sales without content at all, although I will give you some ideas around that. It's about making sales without constantly creating fresh content. Now, I'll start with an obvious one, and that is creating a content repurposing plan. A lot of people think repurposing is posting the same content in multiple places. I don't love that approach, but I do appreciate it's a big time saver, and I even encourage some of my clients to do it when they're just gaining momentum but this approach is called cross-posting. Repurposing is different. It's when you take one idea or the focus of one piece of content and present it in different ways. For instance, you could have a long blog post and you could split parts of that up into shorter social media posts or emails. So the advantage of repurposing isn't only that it saves time, which for any business owner is a huge plus point. It's also an opportunity for you to keep communicating your core messages. As educators, we know how important that is. We know that we can't teach a student something once and expect them to remember it. We need to keep revisiting. And in the same sort of way, we can't expect to say something once and our audience to remember it. 
Also, repurposing is a great way to really position yourself as a go-to in your niche because you start getting known for talking about a specific topic or area within your niche. So when you think about repurposing, you could just go through older content and think about how you can present it differently and or break it up into smaller pieces. But to really get the most out of this strategy, think about the three things you really want to be known for and circle around those. If you want more ideas centered around your core messaging and if you're a masterminder, watch our session on creating a content repurposing plan. Now on to something that doesn't involve creating content personal outreach. In some recent episodes, I've been talking about building relationships with your audience. Masterminders, you'll be very familiar with this as we've been talking a lot about following up. Personal outreach is when you contact people who you may or may not have interacted with in the past and just build a genuine relationship with them. Sometimes it may have nothing to do with making a sale. It might just be to network with someone in your industry, which in my view is always worth doing because surrounding yourself with good people makes the journey of being a business owner much more enjoyable. But also, you really don't know where relationships may take you or what kind of opportunities may arise. For instance, one of my clients sells study skills support and something I suggested was approaching tutors because it could be something she also offers their students. And recently I introduced her to one of my tutor friends and now they work together. So you really don't know where these relationships and these connections might lead. I talk a lot to a tutor friend, for instance, with no agenda, we're just friends. But out of that relationship has arisen a joint opportunity to create some training for tutors who want to launch, grow and fill group classes. We didn't form a relationship with an intention to create that, but our journey has led us here. But from a sales perspective, leading with relationships also makes me a lot of sales, much faster than from simply publishing content. The published content definitely supports our relationship because they look me up, but the personal outreach speeds up the journey. For instance, I kept getting notifications saying that a tutor kept looking at my LinkedIn profile, so I dropped them a message to say hi. That led them to saying that they were an avid listener of my podcast and would love to talk to me to see how I can help them. Within about a week, we went from being strangers to that person becoming a masterminder. So sometimes people do want to approach you, but they just need your encouragement to start the conversation. Now, I rarely share things that I know only work for me. I always aim to share things that I have seen working for my clients as well, so I can be sure that I'm telling you something that you can tailor to your business. And this personal outreach strategy is working for a lot of them. That client that I mentioned who offers study skills support to students has been building relationships with tutors, which has led to faster sales than what she was doing before, which was relying solely on social media content. Another maths tutor client has been reaching out to people who she's previously spoken to, but perhaps didn't hear back from. Off the back of that, last week she had three new students join her group class. So this really does work and it makes sense because people buy from people, especially when it comes to services. So getting to know one another goes a long way in building trust. And on the subject of building relationships, this doesn't have to be solely through messaging people. There are lots of options, for instance, breadcrumbing on social media, attending in-person events. If you're in the Tutors Mastermind, you'll be aware of the different ideas I have shared in past visibility training sessions. Now on to another idea. When we think of content, we think of things we've published, whether it's in the form of written content like email marketing or social media, or in the form of something like videos. 
But here, we're relying on our published content to connect with our audience in the hope that we'll build on the no like, and trust factor, which could lead to sales. And although this is a time saver because you can simply create content when it's convenient for you, pre-schedule it if that's what you like doing and leave it published, it doesn't have any live interaction. So although it's a little more time consuming and requires a time commitment, live marketing and visibility opportunities are a great way of making sales. Think of it this way. If someone you'd never met had written you an email versus you actually speaking to them in person or through a Zoom call, which would have a bigger impact? Which communication style would make that person more memorable? I'm sure you'll agree that actually meeting someone and interacting with them in real time is much more effective on these fronts. And that's why live marketing opportunities work so well. So these could be in the form of you going live in one of your social media profiles. It could be running a webinar or a joint webinar if you're collaborating with someone. It can be in the form of a live challenge. However you do it, the thing that really goes a long way to making sales is interaction. Here are three ways you can use this unique opportunity to attract sales. Way one is to welcome questions. So when I go live, I typically use a platform called StreamYard. So when someone comments with a question, I can display that question in the live feed and answer it. I find that just that small feature creates a nice polished effect to interacting with people who have chosen to spend their time with me. Way two is to create incentives for people to not only join and watch, but to stay until the end. So you could have a special freebie or a special offer only for people who are live and stay until the end. Webinar platforms give you quite a slick way of doing this, but I know they can be expensive. I actually pay a monthly subscription to Zoho One, which gives me access to loads of platforms, which includes a webinar one. But look, however you do it and whatever budget you have, you can do live marketing for free. The main thing is to really think about how you'll differentiate it from something you could have pre-recorded. Something to ask yourself is, how can you actually encourage people to join you live? Often people choose something like a Zoom call over a Facebook Live, for instance, because it gives it less of that free feel and more exclusivity, which makes it feel more valuable. Now, I have to admit that I'm pretty inconsistent when it comes to live marketing. For instance, in my free Facebook group called Upgrade Your Education Business, I do have recordings of past free training and roundtables that I've hosted, and I really hope to do more soon. But I actually do more live work for my membership. In the Tutors Mastermind, for instance, in addition to the monthly 90-minute mastermind session we have, at the end of the month, I go live to do a wrap-up and to give some bonus training. So I find it really hard to integrate live marketing when I have such a busy schedule or, you know, if you simply just don't have more time to give. But the thing I really like about live marketing is that being inconsistent is actually okay. When it comes to other forms of content marketing, like social media, for instance, showing up consistently and frequently does actually make a difference. But going live can be sporadic and it's still impactful. For example, in my free Facebook group, in the guide section, I have loads of past lives and general training. And I've been in a situation where someone has wanted to join the Tutors Mastermind, but they haven't been 100% sure. So they go and watch some of that past training in the guide section of my free group, and it helps them make a decision as to whether my training style is what they connect with. So although going live is really useful, the great thing about it is that you can record it, or if you're 
you know, going live in a Facebook group, then it automatically can stay in there. And it means that not only do you have this live opportunity to make sales and to build relationships, but it can carry on working for you. So I'm going to stop there with sharing ideas because although there's more I really want to share with you, I don't want to overwhelm you because you can listen to so many podcast episodes and do free courses, paid courses. The hardest thing is taking action. So I'm going to leave you here with just a few ideas in the hope that this leaves you enough headspace to think about what you want to do and to actually take some action. If you're a masterminder, remember that we have our implementation hour every single month and that's designed for you to take action and to ask some questions. So as always, thank you so much for spending your time with me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and you'll hear from me on Wednesday for a short burst of business inspiration. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.